This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the decisive battles of world history. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is John McCormick, who's been keeping an eye on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act action across the country all day today. And uh, so if I understand what happened correctly, John, the uh, Republican leaders of Indiana boldly and bravely stood up and apologized profusely for the horrible offense they'd committed and promised never to do it again. So religious uh, affirmation has been restored. Uh, well, that's one way to put it. Uh, what, what they technically did was they un- they unveiled an amendment today uh, that basically it would preclude raising a defense under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act uh, from any sort of anti-discrimination claim at a, under a local or state law. Uh, it mentions the, it runs the gamut. It's not just sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity, but also sex, race, national origin, uh, military service. Um, so, so it is a change. I mean, this the whole hypothetical question. I mean, Religious Freedom Restoration Act cases rarely involve gay rights, but the and, and no one thought that this law would be a simple. Uh, licensed discriminator or general exemption from any sort of anti-discrimination law. But the hypothetical case that people consider that might come into play is, you know, in the hypothetical uh, Christian florist or religious of whatever religion, florist or baker or photographer or singer, uh, would serve gays and have gay employees and serve gays in any other context, but just uh, objected for religious reasons to working a same-sex wedding. There have been a couple cases in other states, and uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RIFRA, uh, standard didn't apply for uh, various reasons, and it wasn't even clear that it would uh, grant an exemption in Indiana and in the few jurisdictions where there are these anti-discrimination policies. So basically what they said is that, you know, if in the future uh, someone in Indianapolis gets sued for not working a same-sex uh, wedding, you will not have a defense under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, it, you know, that that's, um, it's been criticized by some people. The Beckett Fund has called it a license to, you know, chase religious businesses out of work. Uh, Stanford's Michael McConnell said it's wrong in principle, but a good way to uh, uh, sort of assure the critics and keep the core of RIFRA intact. Again, that it, it will still provide heightened protection in other religious liberty cases. You know, I mean, the most recent example was the Hobby Lobby case, and this wouldn't really, it, it doesn't seem to do anything directly to undermine, uh, you know, a, a religious an evangelical family-owned business from filing a religious liberty claim if it had a similar sort of Hobby Lobby conflict in the state of Indiana. Um, but it's it's definitely backing down in substance. It's uh, in substance it's somewhat bad, but um, it's it's more I would say the symbolic defeat this week that is really bad. I mean, it's just sort of the uh, you know cut and run Republicans with their tails between their legs. Um, has been what's really been demoralizing for a lot of uh, you know anyone who's concerned with religious liberty, whether you're, whether or not you're a social conservative. Uh, but uh, there was specifically an apology 
the Republican legislator, one of the Republican legislators, one of the leaders, came out and explicitly said, "We we regret the pain that we caused," and essentially affirming the notion that they did something wrong. So the storyline, if I and please, John, please correct me. It started off with there are people who want to practice their faith and don't want to be forced to participate in a religious ceremony that violates their faith and that's a reasonable standard for Americans to hold and it turns out that a poll out today says the majority of Americans hold it and now the end of the narrative is what a horrible idea we had it was obviously about hate and we apologize for the pain that we caused I, that's more than just a misstep that is picking up the shovel and hitting yourself in the head until you pass out yeah I, th- I think the Indiana Republicans uh, did more harm than good I think that they um, you know, I think there's a lot of blame to go around. They, I think they decided on Friday, well, that's actually what the House Speaker, uh, Brian Bosma, told me on Friday, was that he had already pledged to uh, you know, pass some sort of language that would make it clear that you couldn't, uh, quote-unquote, discriminate um, against anyone under this law. And that was before Mike Pence went on the show on Sunday on this week, and he was flummoxed by the, does this grant the Christian florist an exemption? I mean, he couldn't answer that question because technically the law doesn't say. It just simply mounts a defense, but he could have done a lot better job by simply saying, uh, listen, George, you know, this law, no, this law is not a license to discriminate. No one believes this is a general exemption from an anti-discrimination law. Now, the question you ask about, uh, this person will be able to raise a defense at least because I'm not sure who's really being discriminated in that case. Is it the, you know, Christian Flores' grandmother who has served gay customers all her life and has gay employees? Uh, is she the one discriminating against the, the customer who she can't work their gay wedding? Or is she being discriminated against for being sued and chased out of business and having her home taken away? I mean, that's the kind of forceful defense where, you know, you look at the polls, and there have been a lot of polls that show that that's actually the popular position. Dave Weigel at Bloomberg pointed out that when you phrase it as, do you think government should penalize or fine someone for declining to work a same-sex wedding? Uh, 65% say no, they shouldn't. 31% say they should. Um, some some questions have been more, uh, a little closer, but Mike Warren pointed out to another post where it was 5739 on whether or not you should have the quote-unquote right to refuse uh, to work at a same-sex wedding for religious reasons if you're a religious business. Uh, so that's where things stand right now. And that is the part that is so <laughs> frustrating for some folks, John, is even when you're playing on your end of the field with the wind to your back republicans find a way to screw it up and that's why i am a casey stengel republican i'm not a ronald reagan republican i'm a casey (laughs) stengel does anyone here know how to play this game doesn't this show that the republican the the national figures of the republican party continue a uh, a tradition that's been going on now for a decade of just being really really lousy at obvious political fights that they should be able to see coming from a mile away and should be able to not just handle but should win and instead it's we're going to shut down the government in an unwinnable fight that we never should have picked to begin with we're going to call Barack Obama uh, you know uh, uh, questions patriotism in a way that just makes us look ugly and then the right rallies around these stupid ideas and insists that they're brilliant until finally everyone walks away as you pointed out with their tail between their legs just to do it again in another couple of weeks 
Yeah, I mean, they were, they were very unprepared, I would say. Mike Pence's big failure here was it, it sort of seems like he thought if he was just quiet about this, it would kind of go away, um, you know, not to reveal sources or anything, but I have had zero contact with anyone in Mike Pence's office before or after this bill has been passed. I've emailed them a few times. They haven't responded. I'm one of the few people in Washington on the right side of the aisle uh, at a right-leaning publication who writes about religious liberty cases. You know, I didn't even hear about this really until after it had passed and sort of blown up and, you know, contacted uh, scholars I've spoken to before, Stanford's Michael McConnell, the University of Virginia's Douglas Laycock. And, uh, you know, these guys are brilliant there, and, and they will point out exactly how every criticism lobbed at this bill is wrong and incorrect. And you would think if they had any sort of public relations strategy, they would have had Stanford's Michael McConnell and the University of Virginia's Douglas Lycock, you know, on line one, they would have been rolling this out. They would have had them sit down with reporters from the Washington Post and the New York Times for an hour. They would, you know, Mike Pence would have said, listen, I'm bringing you Tim Cook to, to Indianapolis and I'm bringing these scholars and they're going to inform you that this bill does not do what you say it does. I think that there was a way to fight it, but you know, uh, the real difference here in this fight and some other ones is, I would say, big business. You know, if you go back and, and look at 2011 and the Wisconsin uh, you know, union fight, the, the hysteria was maybe not quite this bad, um, but it was pretty close. You know, I mean, there were hysterical accusations that Scott Walker was going to war and you know, right. he can destroy public education. He hated school children and teachers. He was mean. Collective bargaining is a sacred right, and obviously most reporters don't even know what collective bargaining really means when you get down to it. It doesn't mean simply negotiating as a group. It means that the union can veto any changes when there's a budget crunch which means a lot of people get fired, and that's just you know policies that journalists know. And the same thing happened here, where a balancing test. What does this mean? Slippery, you know, it could be a slippery slope. All sorts of things. If you look at the press coverage, you know, I mean, in the last couple of days, even Vox.com, the liberal, you know website uh, that you, that's run by Ezra Klein and Matt Iglesias, they're even reporting, you know, the, the analysis from Douglas Lycock of the University of Virginia that, yeah, you know, this, this bill really doesn't do what the critics say it is. No, it's not a license to discriminate. Um, so, you know, bi the bias isn't just malice. It, it, it's, it's obviously due in part to uh, a simple ignorance, and, you know, Republicans should at least make an effort to counteract that. I think that the typical press flax uh, response to a crisis management is just to like duck and go into the bunker and and to not actually fight things and not to not explain and that's the, the number one job in politics is to explain and Mike Pence failed to do that and obviously he was going to be unfairly maligned and attacked and I think he could end and to get back to the point about big businesses I think he could have weathered this storm he could have weathered the media storm he could have weathered the stupid rallies this weekend at the final four um, but I think what he well he buckled for was the you know the Apple and Walmart and Angie's List and people you know taking jobs out of the state. I mean if he if he were made of stronger stuff and he or he thought it was worth the fight, um, maybe he would have stood up to these people. But ultimately, I think he thought it was just a, a price uh, too much to pay. And again, you know we we don't even know if any of these you know. Baker or florist or hypothetical situations, you know, would have succeeded under this under this law. And again, this law was uh, most the most recent case had nothing to do with gay rights. It was about the Hobby Lobby decision. So that was what Pence said all along was the reason why this, you know, this law came came to the, through the Indiana legislature. Uh, but that got lost in in all the coverage this week. So what is the takeaway, in your opinion, for Republicans as a whole going forward? My takeaway is that uh, we there, there's something the rejection of the notion 
of politics, you know, that's been kind of the theme, particularly in the Tea Party movement, etc., is a horrible way to win the game of politics. <laughs> and if you're going to be bad at politics, then just get out of it. But this is, to me, just yet another failure of politicians to be good at the job that is their job, which is making more people like you than like the other guys. You know, politics. Yeah, and I mean, and, and winning the argument. I think that uh, so many Republicans, you know, they want to, they're concerned about optics and they want to run on gas like you didn't build that. They, they don't actually seem like they're prepared to argue substance and to go out in the public square and, and win these arguments. I would say, you know, the, the, the takeaway for the future is that, uh, you know, the, the, the substance of what actually happened in this bill um, may not be that huge, but the symbolic defeat is very, very bad and is going to have huge... Uh, substantive repercussions in the future. I think that, you know, the lesson of this week is that, uh, you know, the left isn't going to allow any exemptions. There's going to, you know, their, their, their ultimate, their end game here is to crush religious dissenters, uh, traditional conservatives, uh, chase them from the public square. This isn't going to stop with the Christian Florence who doesn't want to work the gay wedding. It's going to end with, you know, crushing uh, public uh, private religious schools uh, who uphold traditional views around sexuality and, and sex, um, and probably ultimately, you know, taking away the tax-exempt status of religious organizations, you know, treating them like bigots and racists and, you know, the Bob Jones treatment, chasing them from the public square. Well, uh, so I was about to say, you know, that upbeat note, but that's, I mean, that's <laughs> tragic. And are Republicans going to abandon this key part of their electorate to that fate? Well, if they do, they're not going to win elections. It's just the. But know, if they don't, they're not going to win elections because they're going to fight as badly as we just saw them. I mean, that to me, you hit the nail on the head, John, when you pointed out you've got to make your case. And man, I just don't see the Republicans who know how to do this, how to communicate it, how to get past the first knee-jerk pass of Republicans hate gays, which is how I, you know the average person saw this fight from the beginning. I, well, so I, I mean, it's almost like, well, do you want to? It's either fight on the hill and die, or don't fight on the hill and die anyway. I, those are neither those as good outcomes. I mean, I think you could have fought on this hill and won. I mean, I Marco think so too Rubio, if you're competent. If, if, yeah, if you're competent. But I we're mean, not competent. The, 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 well, no, we're not all. Mike Pence is not competent, uh, and he was unfairly attacked, obviously, and wasn't ready for the fight. But I thought the best. Uh, you know, I didn't see every. 2016 candidates mm -hmm. comments on it scott walker basically said you know oh it's not a wisconsin issue he ducked didn't really have much to say uh jeb bush originally was very good on it before he, he had seemed to sort of uh, back away and uh, not necessarily entirely in some private meeting at straight court new york times mark rubio was on fox news on the five and he gave a very good response he was ready for every single question well how is this any different than discriminating against you know racial minorities and he was ready for that and he gave the response and seemed thoughtful and compassionate and without any sort of malice towards any minority, whether it's uh, gay people or anyone else, and just made the case that, you know, people shouldn't be compelled to work in, in same-sex weddings. And despite the online media mobs, you'd get the impression that this is an 80-20 issue against you. You look at the polls and it's not. And you, I think you have to, you can make that argument um, in, in a way that, that is winning. The, the, the problem with this law is that because it's not specific, because it is a previously uncontroversial judicial standard that Democrats unanimously voted for, you know, back in the 90s and, and passed in 20 states and Barack Obama, was that because it's not specific, it doesn't say, you know, it just applies to the religious forester baker or 
wedding singer. Right. Uh, that, that's why the left was able to get away with alleging this parade of horribles, and um, and and they succeeded. Well, but uh, you gave me a glimmer of hope there, talking about some of the Republican candidates. So that's what I'm seizing upon, John McCormick. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.